0: Just have faith in yourself that you can do it. Sure, you'll feel frightened, but you know you can push through that fear and you can succeed. Just go for it. Hey!
1: This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we'll continue the conversation with Claire Monkley. Successful property investor and mortgage broker of the company Love Finance. Find out how to form good relationships with real estate agents, how Claire Monkley helps her clients choose properties and select the right lender and so much more. Monkley has built two properties on a large block of land and talks a little bit about the returns it is yielding.
0: It's probably about a six and a half because the rents, because the mining downturn, you know, the rents came down. However, my um, real estate agent has just said to me that she thinks that they can go up $40 a week once these tenants go out because what has happened and what does happen in these particular town sometimes is because of the downturn people don't build and then if if this town happens to pick up again then there's you know there's not enough um houses there's not enough supply for people to go in and that's that's what's actually happening in Mudgee. but i'm not recommending everybody run out and buy a mudgie i'll i'll say that but this is what I'm seeing, and this is what my real—I've got a great real estate agent out there. She's always looked after the properties, and and that's a key, as well. Again, part of your team, having really good real estate agents that you know are looking after that property like it's their own, because we can't—I can't be running to pr- properties all around, you know, two states to make sure that they're getting looked after. So I would rather pay that little bit extra to have a good property manager because that is absolute key to it, I believe.
1: Monkey elaborates on the importance of forming good relationships with real estate agents when you're in the property business and provides a tip for those who are looking to get into property themselves.
0: When I first started helping my clients buy investment properties, I used to go to open houses every Saturday and I got to meet a lot of real estate agents and I said, "Look, I'm not looking for myself, you know, but I've got a client that wants X, Y, Z and um, that Honestly, having that um, relationship with the real estate agents is fantastic because that's how I ended up with the one at, um, you know, the one I put the granny fund on the back of. Because he phoned me and said, Claire, this is a deceased estate, it's coming up, this is the price point, you know, they're going to put it on for. And I still bought it, it still went, it still got listed. Because he was doing obviously the right thing by his client, but he knew what I was looking for, so um, that's how I come to get that property. Um, as soon as it was listed, I I was able to make an offer, and they accepted it, and um, yeah, just went on to, you know, get the granny flat started. This is one thing. This is one tip I would like to give your listeners: is do it quickly. I sort of um, you know sat back a little bit and just you know, twiddled my thumbs for a little while and thought, oh, yeah, it'll happen. But, you know, because life gets busy, you know, I was running a business and – but I, I I should have probably started that granny flat six months sooner than I did because um, it would have been done faster, pretty much. That's the only reason. <laughs> and and it's never not been rented. Like it's just people it, – it is a really lovely little granny flat and people – and again, we paid – I know you can get granny flats for 100 grand, 95,000. As I said, we paid 128. We just made it that little bit nicer, and um, yeah, we've had we've had people actually um, the tenants that are in it now have been they've got the garden beautiful. It's like their home. They just absolutely love it. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: With the knowledge that every person is different, Monkey does not use a cookie cutter approach when it comes to finding property for her clients. and implements a tool to calculate things. What
0: look for for my clients is, first of all, if I'm aware that they've got some equity and they're thinking about doing something, or even if they're not thinking about doing something, I try and be proactive and, you know, say, look, you've got some equity in your property. Have you thought about, you know, what your next step might be, what your next stage in life might be? And, you know, and then that's when I talk about investment property. But I talk about the education first because you know, I think that's just so imperative that they understand why they're doing what they're doing and how that can help them achieve their goals. So one of the the tools I have is a calculator that actually shows if you purchase one investment property and you can put in what your existing debt is, what your interest rate is, and if you purchase just one investment property, when the point of payoff can be. So in other words, if you are paying off your mortgage and you've got an investment property and it's growing at a certain rate over a certain amount of time, when is that payoff point when you can sell that investment property should you choose to and pay off your mortgage so you have no more owner-occupied debt? So that's a really, really great tool that I've... that I. Sit with with my clients and then they understand the power of what just one property can do for them but the important thing is for them is to know where to buy and again as I said education so I'm I've partnered with a, quite a lot lar- well the largest research company in Australia and that's where I get my education from and that's where my clients get their education from and then once they're sort of comfortable and clear and understand, what it is that they can do themselves personally, then that's when we look for an investment property that fits their needs. So it's not about going, oh, yeah, this is going to be a great development and it's, you know, it's just here and um think you should get that. Well, no, that might fit into what is the client's best strategy for where they want to go down the track. So that's the difference. It's just not cookie cutting. It's looking at each individual person because we're all different. We all want different things at different times. And, yeah, so that's how I help my clients.
1: Fantastic. That, that is really, really good strategy and I think that's, you know, your clients probably take on that very, very well because it, it's simple, you know, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what you're doing, Tyrone. You're, you're educating your audience, you know, by doing this. And and so you you understand, you know, more than most how important education is.
1: Yeah, I kind of did this podcast intentionally to want to educate myself as well uh, because I was wanting to learn and I think the best thing I think I gained out of it was to be able to speak to the experts who've been there, done that and have the experience and just tap on their shoulder and say, look, can you just share all this? And I thought, why not just share it as well with the world? Because if I'm I'm asking those questions, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be asking the same things. So, it turned into the podcast.
0: Well, thank you for bringing that to the world because I, I think it's just, you know, we're not taught these things in school. I don't know if we ever will be, but it's it, it's common sense that we need, particularly in this, you know, day and age, that we need to be looking towards how we're going to support ourselves in our retirement. I had a client in here yesterday, and I again, I have another particular type of calculator that... You know, I ask the clients how much they feel they would like to retire on. And then we, we put in where their debt level is, if they've got investment properties, what's in their super, you know, and I do all of that. And then yesterday, and they didn't put in a big figure for what they wanted for their income in retirement, but they are $581,000 short of the figure that they need. So where so the education now is, okay, what is the strategies that we're going to do to get you to that point of where you want to be? Now, some people think, oh, we don't need a lot of money, you know, when we're retired. You know we own a house, we don't need a lot of money. Well, I was talking to another client that was in the office recently, and she said that they had worked out that their fixed costs, so they own their own home, their fixed costs per week are five hundred and sixty dollars that's their groceries, their gas, their electricity, their mobile phone, their water, you know, um, house insurance. They're things that you can't change your fixed costs unless you downsize into a smaller property or turn your lights off a bit more. I don't know. But, you know, when you work that out, you know, that's $29,000 a year just for everyday living. Sure, not everyone might have that high figure. But when you think that, I think the figures about 84% of Australians are retiring on about 21,000 that's 29,000 just for those people just in their fixed costs without without having a holiday or without going to the doctor or going to the dentist or you know something like that so we really really need to be thinking about how we want to live our life in retirement and I think for me Property is that tool. That's my strategy, and that's what I, you know, like to share with my clients.
1: Monkley cites some reasons for the fact that she decided to invest in property rather than other investments such as shares.
0: I did have some money in some shares, and um, I don't understand shares. And I know there's I've got friends that make I've seen them make a lot of money, and I've seen them lose a lot of money. A bit like property as well, but I suppose for me, for property, I understand it. I get it. It's bricks and mortar. You can touch it. Um, I, I think to, and again, this is only my in my head. So I, you know, there could be a, sh- you know, a, a shares guy out there that could give you a whole different strategy on it. But in my way of thinking, you know, I, I know a lady that lost millions in the share market literally millions of dollars and it was gone but I think if I've still got a house sure I might have to reduce the rent and the value might come down for a little bit but I've still got a house and I to me that makes more sense as I said that's just my personal view um, and that's why I've I've done property you know I I just I just Love it. Hence why I'm love finance. I just love <laughs> I love what money can do for you to get more property. Yeah. And that's where the name came from. That's that's why I called my company Love Finance.
1: When it comes to finding the right lender for her clients, it's like having a lot of jigsaw puzzles that she has to fit together where she has to match up the client with the right lender.
0: It's moving parts, you know? And it's the for me, it's knowing the policies of the different lenders that you can fit within the parameters of those policies to put your clients there. I'll get, So, I'll give you an example. I've got a client who has wanted to borrow an extra million dollars. I have been working on this loan for seven months. So, those that think mortgage brokers don't earn their money, I can tell you we do. So, seven months. And why that has taken so long is because one, all the changes have been happening, as we know, around finance, but he's a certain age, he's got a certain debt level, he has a certain income level and all of those things didn't fit one bank's policy at the time. I had to keep looking, keep researching. I, you know, would become accredited with, um, you know, a different lender I did actually become accredited with a different lender because he fitted well with their policy, and they were um, on our panel. But I just hadn't become accredited with them, and I did that, and policy changed. And this is the thing: policy changes, and so the people, if they say, "Look, I, you know, I know I can do that now, but you know, I think I might wait for six or twelve months," he waited. He waited three months. Policy changed. I couldn't get into money. So that's what you have to be careful of is is policy changing and that's why it's really great to use brokers because we do have so many different lenders as you are aware of and you're not just going to one bank trying to fit all those different elements into their policy does that make sense you know like so the lender that I've now got him approved with, they he fits in their age policy, he fits in their DSR, so their debt level, and he fits within their LVR, so, so their loan-to-value ratio. So, I had to get all those components to work for this client. But there was a few other complexities in there as well. But definitely for me, because I know those different things, that has helped me be able to buy more property. Because I can, I know in my head, okay, I'm not going to fit there with that lender to buy that policy. To, sorry, buy that property because my debt level is too high to go with them. So then I have to look for another lender that's going to use more of my rental income. You know, some banks use 75% of the rental income, some use 80. So it's finding the bank then that I fit into the other policies, plus that perhaps might take that higher rental return that I can use for my servicing. If that makes sense, I hope I'm not making that too
1: complicated. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into the mentor that helped her greatly along her property journey.
0: I learned so much from my first boss and that was a broker. And he really allowed me to be involved, although i was his PA, he would get me sitting in on the meetings. And um, that's how I started to learn the strategies.
1: The best advice she has ever received.
0: Again, I hope my mother doesn't hear this, but he didn't. And I won't tell you what he used to say because it's not, not very nice. So I have doubted myself for many, many years.
1: What she's looking forward to to most in the next five or so years.
0: I've just bought a property in Queensland and i um, I I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that what's going to happen with that because I know the um, I'm just wondering whether I should buy some more some more up there because I've just been told the Catholic church has bought all the land across the road from it.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Along her property journey, Monkley has had a mentor that stood out for her in addition to attending courses and reading books.
0: I learned so much from my first boss and that was a broker and he really allowed me to be involved, although I was his PA, he would get me sitting in on the meetings and um, that's how I started to learn the strategies, (coughs) sorry, excuse me, the strategies in my mind my first mentor was my boss, who was a mortgage broker, and as I said, he allowed me to sit in on the meetings, and that's how I learned what he learned, to the point then he actually rang me one day, and he said to me, oh, and again, I oh, won't forget this, he rang me, it was a Sunday, and he said, I'm just phoning up to tell you I'm sacking you, and I, and I was like, what? You know, I'm a single mother, just bought my first investment property, you're sacking me? You know, it's going in my head, he went... Yes, I've just left some clients and they've told me that they don't really need to speak to me anymore because, you know, you're so good at helping them that they don't need to see me. And he was tongue-in-cheek, of course, um, but he said, I just want to thank you for looking after my clients so well. He said, for someone to say that to me, he said, you know, I'm just grateful that you work for me and you're in my business. So, so I knew at that point that I'd probably, you know, I'd reached a really good level of learning so from there I did go on and do a, um, a number of courses I've done you know Laurel Langmire who came out from AmeriCash you know I did her course and I've done you know Dippner's course I've done lots of uh, constantly doing different types of courses um, Steve McKnight you know you know all those those people that have done all that read all the books um, Absolutely, um, rich dad, poor dad. I mean, what a phenomenal book that was, um, and is still is today. Been down and seen Robert and Kim present on stage, you know, to learn their strategies. So, you know, I've invested a lot of time and money into into what I know. You know, the knowledge in my head and that I share with clients. That. Um, A lot of my clients don't have the time or the money to do that. So they're actually getting that through me. They're getting that education through me.
1: Monkley then mentions a book she has read, which she feels is one of her most favorite books that she has stumbled across her journey.
0: I think my definitely a book called um, The Leap of Faith. I can't remember who wrote it, but it's a little paperback book. And if you're thinking you want to make a change in your life and you're too scared to take that step, read that book called The Leap of Faith. Um, or is it called, no, sorry, it's called The Big Leap. Thank your pardon, it's called The Big Leap. Um, have you read it, Tyrone?
1: So I'm actually just searching it right now just to see what what, what the, uh... oh, here we go. Yep, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks.
0: Fabulous book. I, I, I go back to it many times. It's a really good book. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, as I've said, I think that's a, You know, without a shadow of a doubt, that's a great book. And i tell you another book that's really good and love him or hate him, but Robert Kiyosaki and Donald Trump co-authored a book together. Uh, Do you know that book? It's called The Midas
1: Touch. Yep, yep. I do remember that one. I've read it too. Yeah, it was – yeah, it's very – yeah, yeah, I did. It was very good. I mean, I was inspired because the the two, one of the two wealthiest and best educators in the world come together. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I had to read it, even though even though Trump, you know, has a little bit of a character behind him. It's still someone that you got to admire because he's built such a big empire. Now the 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 president, <laughs> there's something that he's done right to get to where he is.
0: Yeah, but I think one of the things that's interesting in that book is Robert Kiyosaki. Now, we know he's, you know, a wealthy man in his own right. When you read the beginning of his story in that book and talks about his first meeting with Donald Trump and how his confidence is rattled because he's thinking, why does this successful man want to meet with me? So I I, th- I found that extremely interesting and how – that is a good point for us to learn that it doesn't matter how successful you are, sometimes people do doubt themselves and often we we ourselves, you know, do the same thing and I think we think that people that are at that level don't and it's nice to know that they're human as well and I think that's, you know, to me, I, I, was, I was impressed by that, that one, he wasn't too frightened to share that he was feeling a little bit you know, intimidated or – intimidated is not probably the word, but not as confident as you would have expected him to be and that he shared that and and that shows, you know, his vulnerable side and I think that's just nice to know that that he is human, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and that's what I love about Robert in the sense that he's able to share that because when you share that real side of yourself – It makes it more believable and therefore, it's much more interesting to read whereas if it was just all great hoo-ha and happy things, I think people would just brush over and go, oh, you know, that doesn't appear to be real and that's I think the, the key component of where successful entrepreneurs is just to be open about their failures and also successes and be able to share their mistakes and learnings from it too. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree.
1: For Monkly, the best advice she has ever received was something she had to work for as she grew up in an environment where possessing this trait wasn't encouraged.
0: My father was a very tough man and my father did not really believe that females should be educated. Again, I have my mother doesn't hear this, but he didn't. And I won't tell you what he used to say because it's not, not very nice. So, I have doubted myself for many, many years. And I know you have Jill McIntyre on your calls, on your podcast. And Jill and I have known each other for many years. Goodness me. I I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years, something like that. And she has been someone that has helped me when I've been having a moment, because you know I ring her and she'll talk me through it. It is very challenging when you are trying to, and and this is only me coming from the background with my dad that you're you still hear that you're just a girl. You know my 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 father's words to me were when I separated from my husband was. You'll be nothing without him. You know, he was the making of you. That's pretty hard. And then to go on and struggle and I'm actually can't believe I'm a bit emotional about it, but um, it you know it was hard. Those first few years was hard. And um, but I've come through it, you know, and I've survived it. But I think definitely having faith in yourself and having that courage to take that step to achieve what you want to achieve is. One of the best things that you can do for yourself, really, you know, take that big leap, go for it. I know people might think, you know, that was horrible, but and it was horrible, it was horrible, you know. But my father had a pretty hard background as well, you know. So I think I often wonder if he'd just given us a tiny bit of encouragement, how how much further we might have been, you know. I just, but anyway, he's he's passed away now, and 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 mum says he was proud of all of us, he just never told us. So please, tell your children you're proud of them, you know. I tell my children all the time, I'm so proud of them, you know, because it's so important to do that. Because we we all want that recognition from our, our, our parents, I believe, you know.
1: If Monkley could speak to herself 10 years ago, she would have this to say.
0: I've been fortunate to, you know, there's been tough times, but, I, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to, to be voted to be president of our local business chamber, one of our local business chambers here in Newcastle, and I've done that for four years. I've been fortunate enough that I've met somebody in America that has helped me buy investment properties over there. Um, I've just, you think, I I can't believe the things that I have done when I think, and I say this to myself, you know, when I'm sitting in a boardroom with, you know, you know, of, of, Sorry, I'm, I'm a bit lost for words. You know, boardroom with, with people from the port of Newcastle and you know, different big companies like that. And I, I have to pinch myself because I go, how did this little country girl get to be sitting in this room with these people? You know, it just blows my mind that that can happen to me. You know, a little country bumpkin, if you want to say, and to be in a space of some amazing people, you know, and meet some amazing people and to say to myself, you know, meet myself 10 years ago and say to that girl, golly, Claire, you can do whatever you want to do. Just have faith in yourself that you can do it. Sure, you'll feel frightened, but, you know, you can push through that fear and you can succeed. Just go for it.
1: In terms of what she's most looking forward to in her property journey, Monkley states that she's wondering whether she should buy some more properties in the near future.
0: I'm contemplating what I'm going to do. I, I just bought a property in Queensland and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what that, what's going to happen with that because I know that um, – I'm just wondering whether I should buy some more <laughs> some more up there because I've just been told the Catholic Church has bought all the land across the road from it. Um yeah, so it's kind of, um, I bought it, came back a little, or hasn't really done too much in the couple of years I've had it, but I I think it's going to go crazy. So my property journey, I, I'm i a bit stumped at the moment because of my borrowing capacity, believe it or not, and here's another little secret, my age. So this is what, if people think they can put it off and, um, you know, wait till, put, put it in the, you know, to do like, to do later at list. Banks now, when once you turn 40, banks now want to know what your exit strategy is, right? How are you going to pay that mortgage off in this amount of time? Whereas two years ago, you could be 60 and still get a 30-year loan. They weren't asking about your exit strategy strategy. Now I'm talking investment properties here as well. You know, that's what I'm talking about. So, you know, again, back to the client, but Wanted, you know, wants another million dollars. He has got so many properties with so much equity. They're still asking, "What's his equity?" Sorry, they are still asking, "What is his exit strategy?" Okay, what are you talking about? He's got this amount of million equity. Is that not an exit strategy? You know, but it's because he's wanting to buy an owner-occupied home for a million dollars, and you know that's what they're looking at. But I obviously I can't you know, go into what his stuff is, but he's got he's got a great exit strategy and that's what's frustrating him and it's been frustrating me until we finally found a lender that he fits into all those policies. But that's the thing I think is, you know, it's if you haven't got any investment properties yet and you're sort of getting close to that 40 mark, I'll be saying, start getting some under your belt. So, my journey for me is I'm going to work out is it best to sell a couple of my properties to perhaps go on buy some land and build another couple?
1: I asked Monkley whether her success is due to skill, intelligence, and hard work, or just plain luck.
0: I can't say any of it's been luck. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that any of it's been luck. I. I've really bought property on my gut instinct. To be perfectly honest, um, is that luck? Yeah, maybe it is actually, but I've just had a gut feeling and that's when I have purchased property and I, so yes, so maybe I've been lucky because I haven't strategically planned it. So yes, you're right. It's probably a lot of luck. Skill and my education, listening to other people, hear what they've done, see if I can do, replicate what they've done. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Somebody else has already done it. So it's just listening to what their strategies are. I think that's important. Um, but definitely, um, I, I know I, I keep harping on it, but it's definitely the education because it's just running through my head, all the courses that I have done. And as much as you think, oh, has that impacted greatly as well of course it has you know i'm thinking no it hasn't but of course it has you know it's just i can just run through a strategy i'm thinking now that i heard you know in laurel langmire's course and i went, yeah yeah i remember her talking to me you know talking to us about that and i've done that strategy so um i think yeah it's probably yeah let's say it's probably i'll go 50 50 because i can't really tell you (laughs) <laughs> what I think it is so let's let's it's like hedging your bets with fixed rates isn't it when people aren't sure what to do you go oh fix 50 50 of it and I'll I'll do 50 percent variable I think I, I do think probably more has to do with my um my intuition so my so probably good luck yeah good luck with where I've bought what I've done I've been careful you know some people say say to me Claire you're um you know, are you, you've got more, um, the word use, you say use, you've got more guts than me, I wouldn't do that. And I, I just go, well, one of my fears is not having enough when I retire. So I, I'm more fearful of not having what I want to retire on than what I am fearful of of not taking that step. See, so to me, it's worse if I don't take the step, because I'm scared of what those consequences will be. I'm more scared of that than I am of taking the step.
1: One of the reasons Monkley has invested in property is to have enough money for retirement, which she shares why.
0: I don't want to be a burden on my children. You know, I, I had this conversation with a lady actually on Wednesday night and she said, Claire, I'm married, I've got three children. My mother's been divorced for many, many years and her mother actually isn't that much older than me, to be honest. And she said, I've told her, she's got to make sure her, she's got her you know, retirement plan sorted because she said, I can't have her as a burden on me. She said, because I can't afford afford that financially. And that's how I feel about my children. I don't want to be a burden on my children. You know, so I want to make sure, sure they mightn't get a lot of money when I'm gone, but at least I haven't had to say to them, I can't afford this, can't afford that, can't afford that. And all them feeling like, because I can't afford something, they've got to pay for me to, you know, go on a holiday with them or, you know, pay me not to go on a holiday with them, who knows. But, um, you know, that's that's my driver. I just, it's not about the money, it's about the choices that having the money can give you is what's important to me.
1: If you'd like to contact Claire Monkley to learn more about her story or help with finance, you can reach her on the following.
0: They could email me um, on at Sorry, at claire, C-L-A-R-E, at lovefinance.net.au. Or they could call me on my mobile, which is 418 I also have a website, so they could go there, which is www.lovefinance.net.au.
1: Thank you to Claire Monkley, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com.au.